0: Tabby the Keg is live for Monday. We have a game day, Packers-Lions. We're going to talk about how you should bet it, the betting preview. We will recap the betting weekend uh, for both the NFL and college. We will also talk about the Brewers weekend and we'll ride out of here. Uh, That'll that'll be the show. So quick Monday show, a lot more to come on Tuesday. Kind of Flipping the script here, this is more like a Friday show on a Monday, which is weird. I will talk too about the NFC North, not just betting, uh, when we talk about the NFL to kind of give it a little more depth. But we're here. Uh, Sorry it's a little bit late. Um, I did not tape last night. I have a bit of a head cold. I'll talk about that with college football. Don't worry, it's not the vid. At least I don't think so at this point. Um, But yeah, it sucks. It's not fun. Um, It wears you down as the day goes on. And then you're like, well, do I take more daytime drugs at nine o'clock? It's like, nah, probably not. Hit me with the NyQuil. Thankfully, the, the Chiefs and Ravens Ended before the night call really kicked in because I would have been screwed if that game would have went to overtime But it did not I was able to uh, Sleep easy and hopefully on the quick road to recovery But that's why my know my voice may sound a little nasally. That's what's going on here today So now, you know, all right Green Bay Packers Detroit Lions last game of the week the Packers have not played since last Sunday there's been a lot of smoke around them. We've talked about it all week, about the panic button being overrated. I saw Jason Gay of the Wall Street Journal wrote something actually similar yesterday, which made which always makes me feel good when I, I see a national reporter, a national columnist, write something that I was basically thinking about as well. Uh, you know, people have just went overboard with the Rogers stuff. There's going to be a lot of discussion heading into this game. There's going to be a lot of critiques of Rodgers if He does not perform well on... Monday night because what we do see from the media is when there's a Monday night game when there is a Sunday night game they tend to focus on that guy a lot like I imagine there's gonna be a lot of Lamar talk today can Lamar win MVP which by the way MVP conversations the fact that we're already fucking having them in week two is ridiculous shut the fuck up okay that was just an aside sorry I I just we can't be doing MVP stuff this early guys it's it's week fucking two okay can we just wait till week 4 just to like at least let it breathe? Let us let's come up for air? I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. Anyways, now that, that rant is over, uh, the Green Bay Packers are 11.5-point favorites against the Detroit Lions. They are It's a 48-point over-under uh, for the game itself. So you might ask yourself, well, how should I bet this game? Because it's the only game on the slate. Uh, Monday night, sometimes people like to make maybe a little more betting because they just have one game. And now For the public, it was a brutal weekend, which we'll talk about later. So there's a lot of people probably licking their wounds. They probably also might have the Packers in a tease that expanded over the weekend. Maybe they had the Patriots and the Broncos, and then they just need the Packers to finish off a three-team tease. And usually if that's teased down, it means the Packers... Four and a half or four, depending on where the line is. But they're 11 and a half where the and the money is going towards them. So it wouldn't be shocking if by the close of business we see the Packers at 12 or maybe even 12 and a half. The over under is 48 and a half. I'd expect that to get to 49 before it's all said and done. Also minus 115 on that. So there more money is coming towards the over, which to me makes a lot of sense. So here's what I would do with this game. I want to touch the spread. I think the spread is deceiving. Um, not even deceiving. I just think it's a lot of points, right? Like the Buck, they had two games this uh, weekend with double-digit favorites. The Buccaneers covered easily um, well i shouldn't say it was easy it was 20 it was 28 25 they got touchdown it was 35 25 so it was 10 points they weren't covering and then uh, mike williams had two interception returns and then that's how they covered it might have actually been the two interceptions is how they covered regardless it was not a given that the buccaneers were going to cover that spread they did it because of the interception returns. So, at, so because of that, you do want to take a little bit of caution. It's one one. The Browns had no chance of covering against the Texans. That was that line was completely off, even after Tyrod Taylor left the game. But when Tyrod Taylor was playing, that was a game. And so, poor, poor Texans who actually kind of looked like they might have had something there. Uh, Taylor goes down with the hamstring injury. He's not playing Thursday night. It will be Davis Mills uh, getting the ball for Houston unless Deshaun Watson plays, which is possible. Uh, so we'll see if that storyline bubbles as the week goes on. But as for the 11 and a half, I just would not, I would not touch it. I, I, I get it. If you're, if you think the Packers are going to absolutely bury them, go ahead. But I feel like there are better ways to bet that 11 and a half. Um, you know, first of all, I think the over, speaking of which, is much better than the 11 Like a half. Like, I feel really good that this te- there are going to be a lot of points in this game. Now, I know there's some bad weather maybe coming to Green Bay. We'll check that right now. But that would be the only thing that would deter me from potentially laying that 48 and a half. Just because I think that is a good number. If you have listened to the podcast before for me, I've talked about how 48 is like my death sentence in terms of a number. If I bet bet it one way, it goes under. If I bet it the other way, it goes over depending on what I have. Uh, but it's just, it's one of those things where for 48 has seemed to be a death sentence for me uh, in the past. But I'm, I'm going back to well because 48 is a typical football number that we see from time to time with NFL. As for the weather itself, it doesn't look like the rain's going to come until about 10 o'clock tonight. So it maybe at the very end of the game you could see some rain, but it's going to be 70 and partly cloudy, 13 mile an hour winds, beautiful night for football. It... That to me says a lot of points. So I like the over. That to me is the first thing that I'm I'm definitely adding to my card in terms of how I'm betting this game. Also, what I'm looking at too is the first half line. So the first half line is at this point, it should be Packers 7. At least that's what it was yesterday. It still is. The Packers minus 7 I think is an awesome bet. I think that, to me, I might actually place it right now because I don't want it to get to seven and a half. I think Packers minus seven is as good as it gets. Like, I think that first half bet, to me, is uh, is easy. Now, I wouldn't say easy because that nothing's easy. It's never easy. But I expect the Packers to come out with their hair on fire. I really do. I, I think they're going to come out with an absolute fury. And because of that, I think seven is not insurmountable and worst case scenario even if the Packers maybe let's say they're up 21 to 7 okay and the Lions get a late score and it's 21 14 heading into half you still push and like sometimes people act like pushing is like the worst thing in the world it it does suck like it's not fun but at least you get what whatever you put in so it's you know you get half your money back or well no you get your money back you just don't win money like that's That happens. I I would rather do that than lose out. Like I'd rather have it bet at seven than wait till later today, bet it at seven and a half. And then I'm like, okay, same thing, same situation happens. And it's just this brutal backdoor to lose the first half. But yeah, I expect Packers to come out with their hair on fucking fire. I would be shocked if Green Bay is not up by seven points at halftime. I really would, I I truly would be. And so that's why I feel the most confident in that. That to me is one thing I would definitely do. I would definitely invest in that. I would also look at a Packer same game tease, not a same game parlay. I know FanDuel loves to do those and a lot of other betting sites. I would not do that. Rather, I would just tease the Packers down so what i what you could do is you get the packers down to minus five at minus 130 so it's not like the odds aren't great right they're not like the best odds in the world but you get the packers down to five you get the over under down to 42 again i i don't see how that loses i i I look at that and i'm like how does that lose who who fucks you there like yeah, because you get down to four and a half, sure. I, I mean, five really isn't a football number. I guess you can keep it at five and a half. I just, I always get nervous about the hook. Like, I always get, like, how do you get hooked here? Like, I remember uh, a couple weeks, last week, I think, I I'd put down something on Memphis, Arkansas State, and Memphis was a five and a half point favorite. And I was like, all right, whatever. Five, and games never really end uh, with five point results. And then Memphis, who was leading and was well ahead. I was like, Oh great, this is this is good. Arkansas State, the Kings of Garbage Time backdoored it and they won by five. So sometimes you know see that'll now be in my head for like two weeks three weeks before i'm like all right yeah maybe that's a little ridiculous but yeah i look at that and i'm like oh that's that's pretty tasty like that's good um that to me is is as easy i would say easy i I should be using that because that's i'm setting myself up for failure but it, it looks good it looks too good to be true it looks like it's you know smooth sailing if you believe in the packers and you believe that points will be scored which i believe in in both of those now i'm not going to get into too many exotics um you know i think it's pretty early right now to be like looking at props to say like oh yeah you can definitely go to the well here because it's just tough to me it's like it's it's way too early to be like all right yeah this is what's been happening this is the trend i think it's hard right now to sort of understand what the Packers are. If I'm I'm looking, now this is me just glazing over saying, I don't know if I would make this or what I would recommend. I don't usually recommend the other team, by the way. Um, Just, it's weird. Like I, I always feel weird celebrating those or feel weird, you know, capitalizing on those. Maybe first touchdown for that team if I am realistic with myself and know that they'll score once, but I hope that they don't score at all, right? but so ones that intrigued me so you have aaron jones 19 and a half receiving yards that's a minus 115 that's not bad kind of like that um i like marquez valdez scantling over 40 and a half i have a feeling valdez scantling is going to get a big play early um that will i spoiled my first touchdown bet but that to me is always a good play um Devontae Adams, 85 and a half. That to me is a little too intense. Go ahead if you want. Same with Tanyan, 33 and a half. I don't, I don't feel good. If you want to you want to combine Jones minus 115 and, and two and a half over in terms of pass catches, I don't hate you for that. I think that would, that would be a smart decision, in my opinion. Interesting that Tanyan's plus 120 at receptions at three and a half. I'm kind of intrigued by that potentially. Longest reception for Aaron Jones, 10 and a half. That, again, another interesting one, right? Where it's like, eh, could you could you hit that? Look at that. If you think Scantlin's going to catch a bomb, 19 and a half is his, is his longest reception. So those are those are a couple interesting nuggets. Passing-wise, Rodgers is sitting at 285, Goff at 259. Both, I think, are stayaways Because, again, Rodgers was terrible last week. Goff was really good. I'd hate for you to have the under and then golf just go off in garbage time. That would, to me, be a death knell. Um, definitely not something I would, I, I would want to see out of any of you. Uh, Aaron Jones has 72.5 for his rushing total. Um, remember, Aaron Jones had a massive day on the ground uh, last time in Lambeau when these two teams played. We'll see if Detroit's defense is a little different to avoid Aaron Jones absolutely going off uh, in terms of running the football. First touchdown scorer, you guys know I love this. Um, How I do this personally is I don't do just the first overall touchdown because I feel like that's a great way to get yourself in trouble. Um, I think doing a first touchdown score for the team itself is the way to go. Right now I see that Valdez Scantling is sitting there at plus 900. I love that, 9-1. to I think that is a great bet. Um, I think that is really good. Jones at plus 335 is not bad if you want to be a little more conservative. Um, and if you really want get, to get loose with it, you have big dog at 25 to one. Um, I, I always love a big dog potential touchdown there as well. Um, As for the Lions, uh, if you think you want to narrative it and go Jamal Williams, he's plus 450. He has the best odds. He actually has the same odds as no Lions touchdown scored. But if you want to buy into that narrative, I could see that. I could also maybe a Quintez Cephas at 8. eight and a half to one, that's not bad. Um, that also could be a little nicer, just as if you if you have the guts, like if you're like, or not even guts, but if you want to bet against your team a little bit, that to me is, is what you could do. And I'm sure you're wondering, because I'm wondering myself. Um, so this is when I wonder, you wonder. I wonder what a Packer-Brewer parlay will pay out. Now the Packers and Brewers both play tonight. Let's see here. Not great, so I would not recommend that. Uh, Packers and Brewers uh, pay out at minus 136 with both their money lines. Now, if you bet the run line for the Brewers, uh, which is minus 1.5, as it always is for baseball, then it's plus 125. It's kind of intriguing, but the Cardinals are so hot right now. Freddie Peralta struggled with the Cardinals last time he faced them. I would stay away from that. I would not. As much as I would love to do a Brewers Packers parlay, I think that's a pure stay away. Um, so I'm not going to recommend that. My recommendations are first half, first half uh, spread, the over, teasing the over, and the spread itself. Marquez Valdez Scantling for a first touchdown at nine to one. I also would be interested in maybe some Aaron Jones over props. That would kind of be where I'm, how I'm kind of looking at building my cart. We'll see how I end up uh, when the day is over. And let's hope it is not as bad as last week. Truth be told, it was a pretty rough day. Um, I think sometimes when you, in terms of NFL uh, gambling, I think for the public, um, there's a the reason Vegas builds big casinos right um there were a few teams that were public you had the cardinals you had the patriots you had the chiefs you had the colts who were all catching 70 to 80 percent of the bets with the spreads they went one in three now they won. now if you put them all together in a parlay you actually have lost because of the chiefs but if you the th- first three you would actually won which is crazy enough right the Cardinals one by one, they didn't cover. The Colts one by three, they didn't cover unless you brought it all the way down to three, which I don't think you probably did because that's a that would have been like a minus 150 or something like that. So a lot of the public got killed today. And you look at it and you're like, is there anything that we can learn? Now, Chris Collinsworth said something about home field advantages back. I think with the Baltimore thing, I think we all should have saw that a little bit. I think we... Got caught up, myself included, in a. The Chiefs have dominated the Ravens in the past. B. The Ravens are coming off a heartbreaking loss to the Oakland Raider or Las Vegas Raider, excuse me, and that to me should have been the two things that we we should have looked at when when like placing this and looking at it and saying, all right, this might happen. Um, the other thing that I think, you know, with the public, sometimes the public's right, and the, the Patriots one was obvious. I looked at that and said, okay, that's, that's too easy. I uh, should definitely should definitely go Jets, maybe rookie quarterback on the road. I totally out thought that with the Bill Belichick. I think a lot of us had the Panthers. Um, that, that was a good one um, the, to kind of read that one and, and get that one in, in the books. No one, I think, knew how good the Raiders were. Um, and at some point, I think the Raiders will be a team you can fade. Maybe next week if Tua can play. Uh, I think right now the Raiders are five and a half. But with how bad the Dolphins looked with Jacoby Brissett, I get that they're going to have a week of practice with Jacoby, but it looked brutal with Brissett, uh at quarterback against the Bills. Other things that we bought too hard into, bought too hard into the Bengals. Um, they, that score looks a lot closer than it was the Bears should have been one that we all sort of—if you thought about the games—the Bengals played a Vikings team that kind of didn't look connected. The Bears played a Rams team that was fired up, home stadium, new new team with Matthew Stafford leading it or new quarterback, excuse me. Like that to me should have been okay. Yeah, you load up on the Bears in this one. Of course, I didn't. Um, none of none of this when I when I talk about it is like all right, here it is. See, I think the same with the Cowboys, right? Like that, that to me is the thing that you that I would take away from this is like, look at who who played and look at what what happened there, right? Like Cowboys, they played the Buccaneers really tough. The Chargers played a, a Washington football team that they beat, but that Washington football team then nearly should have probably lost to the Giants. They got away with the skin of their teeth and won that game. But remember, the Chargers were like on the same level as the football team, and it seems like the Cowboys are a bit better. And so I think, A, I think Dallas is the best team in the NFC East, and I don't think it's really close. And and B, I just think that they're, you needed to pay a little more attention to Week 1, not overreact to it, but just evaluate, like, okay, here, here was who they played, and here's what we expect them to be at the end of the year. Sometimes you just can't predict things. Like the Titans-Seahawks one, I stayed away. But like Titan Seahawks was, it looked like it was in the bag, right? It looked like you were counting your winnings and then the Seahawks completely fell asleep. Like Seahawks were terrible in the second half. They kind of did what the Seahawks have done in the past where they refused to blow out a team and the Titans just kept coming back and they won that game outright. Um, And so there was a lot of smoke on Seattle as well. And I'm sure Seattle ruined a bunch of teases at minus six. And then the other one was the Bills-Dolphins, which I think I might have mentioned. Uh, well, I mentioned percent And it's, again, I think a lot of people, division game, Bills on the road. Yeah, they didn't need a win, but so did the Dolphins. Well, the Dolphins were 1-0, but still, you know, you, you get 2-0 against both your AFC's teams. That's a pretty good step forward. It's not easy to play in Buffalo. Those games have been close between Josh Allen and the Dolphins. And then two goes down. So again, like that to me is like one you just can't predict as for college football college football continues to be nuttier than squirrel shit teams keep losing uh UCLA Fresno I feel like that one was one that a lot of people liked um, in terms of just that people sniffed out that Fresno could beat them now I don't think anyone expected Fresno to win outright in just a dramatic fashion um I think There was way too much love for Alabama, um, and I will be curious to see how Vegas adjusts. I think there is a potential opportunity to take advantage of that. I also, I think the Oklahoma fade is something you should probably look into as the year goes on. They did not impress me against Nebraska. I, I know that, I think there will be some in Nebraska who take that as a moral victory. I know Nebraska isn't a team to look at moral victories, but still, like, they held they held Oklahoma eight to twenty three points defensively, and they nearly nearly put a factor in that. Clemson's another team that similar with Oklahoma, man. Where you, I think right now you look at them and say, all right, they are a team that's a potential fade. Indiana or Cincinnati, very impressive, very impressive cover for Cincinnati. Uh, Penn State at home uh, looked really good Big Ten man having an absolute moment I was surprised at the Notre Dame result I thought Purdue would be much better than that that to me was one I really liked um didn't didn't necessarily see it coming also did not see old miss just absolutely obliterating. Tulane. Uh, I think that could have been a good opportunity that was missed. Michigan State was one I had. I just wish I would have, you know, also money lined it. I also really like Michigan. I I got on board with that. Michigan Rutgers next week is a fascinating one. I haven't looked at any of the lines, I don't typically, but it, it should be really fun next week. We get Badgers and Notre Dame. In terms of the Badgers and Notre Dame, that line right now is set at Wisconsin minus five and a half. I have zero idea why that's that number. That that is a rat. Holy shit, is that a rat line. That, I I mean, five and a half to Wisconsin? What? How? Like, how? how? How are the Badgers a five and a half point favorite against Notre Dame? I mean, I've not been impressed with Notre Dame this year. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like I've been that impressed with Wisconsin either. Five and a half? Then almost you have to take it on principle. Like, that is such a rat line. And for those who are unfamiliar, a rat line means something that looks like too good to be true. Like, everybody's going to be on Notre Dame. I mean, that thing's going to get... I would be surprised if that's even five by Saturday. I bet that's four. And even that's a little ratty. Like, what the hell? What's going on there? That, oh man, that is crazy. The only reason I can see it is... Florida State's been so bad. Then Toledo was terrible against Colorado State. So maybe it's looking at that and saying, well, how bad? Is Notre Notre Dame secretly bad? And like, yeah, they beat Purdue, but how good is Purdue? And that's why we're setting the line. We'll talk about that next week. I don't want to spoil too much, but that to me is stunning. I I saw that. uh, Someone tweeted that out. And I saw that, and I was like, "That has a typo, right? Not a fucking typo! Unbelievable! That is something else, my friends. Uh, truly, cannot believe that one." So to wrap us up here, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers had a nice weekend. They clinched the playoff berth. Um, the job is not done though. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers will now look to try to win the division against St. Louis Cardinals. This week at or this week, uh, with a four game set against the Birds, their last home series against the Cardinals, who are now the second place wildcard team, the NL Central, secretly better than you thought it was, um, after everyone shit at it throughout the years. All the Brewers need to do is win two games. Two games and you're done. So two and done is kind of should be the motto. Um, and now the Cardinals are not going to go out without a fight. They're playing great baseball. They're three games up on the Cincinnati Reds. They've won eight straight games. They are nine and one in their last ten. The Cardinals are absolutely rolling. And so the teams like the Reds, the Phillies, the Padres are all hoping that the Reds come back. Or I'm sorry, the Cardinals come back to life against this Brewers team. And Freddie Peralta goes for the Brewers tonight, um, and has not been good with Freddie against St. Louis. He really struggled at the last start. We'll see if he can kind of bring back that magic that he had against the Tigers. He was so good against Detroit. We'll see if you know history repeats itself on Monday night. The Cardinals send Jake Woodford, and Woodford's been really good for the Birds in the last few weeks. Uh, he pitched against the Brewers. In early August, and did very well against them. So this is not a game for the Brewers to slouch by any any shape of the imagination. Uh, Woodford, yeah, in the month of September, he has a 2.03 ERA, three runs allowed, only nine hits. They're not pitching him for too long though. Uh, his longest outing was five and a, five and a third, which was against your Brewers on September the fourth. So yeah, Woodford Peralta tonight. You'd love to get tonight under your belt. So you're like, you have one more to go. And then I feel like the motivation is is there. Um, you'd hate to lose and then be like, ah, oh, I got to get this one next. On Tuesday, you have Woodruff versus Leicester. Very fascinated on that matchup because Leicester's been really good uh, since he's got to St. Louis. They obviously fixed something that was wrong with him in Washington. My, my dog all of a sudden just poked her head and she needs to go outside. Um and then you and then you have Brandon Woodruff who's kinda of struggled uh recently. I kinda of hope he's not like fatigued. Uh he's not been good uh for the last few starts. So I kinda of hope Brandon Woodruff is able to get right. I know this is not a team to get right against. Um, he he was okay against Detroit, but not great. I mean, the last 15 days has a 5 5 ERA, and he has not been good against St. Louis this year with a 5 ERA as well. So interested to see that. And then Hauser and Mikolas, M- Miles Mikolas is a guy I think the Brewers can take advantage of on, on Wednesday. And then Thursday is an afternoon game, and that's Wayne Wright versus Burns. That is a Banger of a game um, You almost hope the Brewers haven't clinched the division right? Because I don't know if Burns Will go um, If the Brewers have clinched the division That to me is where I'm uncertain On what the Brewers will do um, Down the stretch here Because if they clinch the division Are we really going to see Burns I guess it's TBD according to And Now that I'm looking at this So they do say it's Burns on ESPN But they've also said it's TBD And it could be Brett Anderson And I think It would make more sense if the Brewers have clinched the division. They'll go with Brett Anderson to see what Brett Anderson has in sort of the final uh, stretch here to see what the Brewers do with their postseason roster. Because I think right now, Brett Anderson might be on on the bubble of guys to make that postseason roster. Definitely a discussion. Mitch and I can have Wednesday on that postseason roster. You know, who's in, who's out. You know, some people have wondered if Jackie Bradley Jr. should be on that roster. I would argue yes, even though he struggles offensively. I think his defense is a good. B, I also think the fact that he's played in these moments before is worthwhile to keep him on that postseason roster. But yes, big series against the Cardinals. Uh, It was impressive to watch the Brewers keep coming back against the Cubs. I don't hate that the Brewers are... I should repeat, I hate the Brewers are sometimes a comeback team. It makes me nervous, especially when I'm unable to watch. Unfortunately, this was not a good baseball weekend for me. Hand up. I should have just told you in the open I was previewing this week's series, not talking about the weekend. Um, I didn't have any game reviews, mostly because I was out and about on Friday, um, Friday I was at Run the Jewels, which was really good. I really liked that I was able to see Run the Jewels. I've wanted to see Run the Jewels for a long time. I'm not, I don't keep up with their music as much as I used to, but it was still awesome to see Run the Jewels in person. They were great, really grateful of the Milwaukee crowd. I think they said this was only their second concert they've played since the pandemic, which was really cool. Um, so I, was, I missed that game. It was fun to rub it in fan's face, who's also there, um, who's a Cubs fan, and he's like, "Oh, they're gonna blow it," and they sure enough did in the eighth inning. Um, it was awesome to watch that back on Saturday morning. And then on Saturday, I was home. I, I went to a wedding, but I got home at like eight. But as I mentioned, that I have a cold. I was absolutely knocked out. Like it was, I felt absolutely awful. At that point, I was like. Do I have COVID? You know, I, I don't at this point, as far as I know. Um, but I was, I completely slept through everything. Like I missed most of Auburn, Penn State. Like I kind of woke up at the end of that game. Um, I missed the Brewers and and the Cubs. I went to bed before UCLA Fresno. Granted, it was on Pac-12 Network. I didn't have it. Um, so I couldn't even have watched that. But I just went right to bed. Like I was like, all right, I got up. I, I fell asleep till like midnight, got up, checked the scores Made the coffee for tomorrow. I think I don't remember if I let the dog out. I think I let the dog out, and then I went to bed and was like, "I'm out." And so it's rare that I just completely check out of a Saturday sport. But and this could be this is a little more Chuck's Corner than it is Brewers. But yeah, and then Sunday, you know, football. It's tough uh, to keep keep one eye on it. But obviously, will once playoffs start. But I also was working so. That was part of the part of the problem with Sunday as well. So I apologize. I don't have a lot of Brewers-Cubs takes for you. It's, it was, it's just nice to beat the Cubs 15-4 uh, against the Cubs. is just utter domination for your Milwaukee Brewers, even though they did lose yesterday with a bad Bo- Brad Boxberger outing. But good, get them out of the way before playoffs start and get them out of the way before, before you take on the Cardinals in a very critical series. So we'll see if the Brewers can get done tonight. Uh, We'll also talk pack, obviously talk a ton of Packers tomorrow. Um, We'll do recap the game. We'll do star ratings. We'll do it right after the game. Um, So it's up ready for you guys as you start your day on Tuesday. All right, take care. Have a good one, Tappers. See you later. Bye.